Hi and welcome to a special episode of our Experiencing Consciousness podcast. We are Roxana Erickson, Catherine Rossi, and I'm Jan Dipa. We are so happy you are here. Hello, everyone. In another episode of our podcast, today we are here with Dr. Catherine Rossi and Dr. Roxana Erickson Klein, and we're going to be talking about uh using hypnosis to quit smoking um yes that that's going to be the first topic um so i will say just in the beginning that i may have a case so would you like oh do to... tell us your case yeah so we we want to start with the case okay um so recently a client came to me and gave me a permission to actually highlight the dynamics of the problem. And it's actually smoking cessation, um, quit, quitting cigarettes. So the client came to me, client that I was actually working previously with on various things and uh, told me if there is any way of quitting Quitting smoking. So since we were working previously with hypnosis and 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 number of other techniques, um, uh, they were uh, familiar. I, I'm gonna use they to you know not mention the uh, the 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 uh, sex or any identification parts. So so they they were used to uh, using hypnosis and stuff. So. Uh, was thinking that it would be uh, that if it's going to be possible to use hypnosis and other techniques that that I know to help with quitting smoking and the idea uh, was the way I understand this was um, that the smoking the, the client actually said I think I would like to quit smoking, but then they said in a moment, they said something like, but I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure yet. So I know I need to be sure that's one thing, but I'm somewhere there thinking that I may want to quit it. So that's one thing. And we were analyzing it. I was kind of um, trying to gather some information about the dynamics of the thing. And the one thing I noticed was that uh, when a client was in a relationship, the partner in a relationship was kind of controlling uh, them. So, so what happened was that they were like playing this game of hide and seek. You know, uh, the the one was. Um, hiding with the smoking and the other was controlling them so after they kind of depart from one another uh, the clients actually noticed that they are smoking more so my association the first association that came to my mind was that the uh that that there's another meaning to the cigarettes uh, attached not only you know the chemical ple the chemical pleasure or pleasure itself but also that it was my first association was that this kind of smoking when you hide from someone is like from you know 
when when you are in a period of be of of the uh, youth rebellion you know the re rebel the difficult teenage uh period so the function of the smoking may have been a rebellion against oppression and now when it's like even more of it it's an expression of freedom that was my first association other than you know just be just having a purpose of kind of um being more relaxed or something like that or deal with difficult emotions uh, and the question came up if it's possible to do something with it and i said that of course that there are many possibilities and that we, we we will have to deal with it step by step with different parts of it and stuff but that's me and that's my case if you have any questions about it need some specific more specific information I'm, i'll be more willing to provide it uh, but that's it generally that's the that's the thing well, I will be very interested to hear at a later date what technique you use and how it works out. I will be very interested to hear that. Hey, okay, I, I may, I may, in, in the end of the podcast, I may share some of the ideas that I do have. Although I, you know, it was just a few, a few days ago that I've heard about it, that, that you know, that, that they said that to me. So I didn't check any of my hypotheses yet. So it's I'm in a creative process of gathering information and building up structures from it, some kind of understanding. Well, I know, Catherine, that you have a very different way of working with the smokers than I do. And so I think that would be a great place to start. And then listeners can take the information that you provide and see where it fits. Because it's really, what, what you do is really more concrete than, than the nebulous one. So they can take that factual information and see where it fits in my style. Okay. Well, in when it comes to smoking in particular, I um I go the scientific route on it, which is what what happens to your body and the when people start smoking, what they find out is that they can pay better attention. And that's that's why people smoke and then it turns into a habit you know, a lot of times it's like a social thing and how people get involved in it. And uh, but but what happens when you take in nicotine? So you're smoking a cigarette or you're smoking a cigar is that it immediately turns on the P300 wave in your brain and the P300 wave is for attention. And so that's a scientific fact. So what I tell people is that, OK, you know, I've helped lots of people quit smoking and uh and this is how i do it is here's what i want you to do is when you when you pull out a cigarette i want you to take two or three puffs and then i want you to put it out because that's enough to turn on the p300 wave 
and um and and then after a while you'll see if you want to continue smoking but knowing that you can use it for this purpose and each and every time you know i said it's an experiment so you see and uh and so they will and and they say wow it took an entire day to smoke one cigarette so instead of smoking a pack of cigarettes, there was the one for the day. And so they, you know, take the couple of puffs. I said, two will usually do it, you know, three for sure. And past that, you've already turned on the wave. So more is not better. And again, these are people that are interested in quitting smoking. And uh, and generally it's within a couple of days that they they lose the um that that they see that that they've had a habit of smoking and uh, losing the habit is harder than just giving up the nicotine. And, um, but in each and every case, it takes about less than a week. So uh, in this case, I'm, I'm uncharacteristically concrete. And uh, uh, the thing is, is that if I don't have to say no to something, I'm less likely to be resistant. So if I tell you, you know, you really need to stop smoking. I mean, it's bad for your lungs. It's bad for your heart. You really need to do it. You have children. You shouldn't be, you know, all the no, 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 no. Well, I don't like to tell people no. And so it's a way of being able to say yes and also to recognize that people smoke for a reason. They don't smoke to get addicted. And yet what happens is, you know, after a very short period of time, it's like, you know, I just don't need this thing. So there's there's zero negatives in, uh, in, in how this works. And then if a person, you know, I haven't had anybody that decided to pick up smoking again after this, but, you know, if you do, then, you know, well, I smoked the whole darn thing and, you know, superfluous to requirements. And so, you know, they could just repeat the process. So, so in my, in my way, there is no hypnosis. It's just, you know, giving the scientific facts and then do what you do and, uh, and, you know, enjoy taking those puffs, like, you know, you're only going to have two or three of them. So you can enjoy doing what you're doing. And, uh, and then it becomes a choice. Okay, so you say no hypnosis, just scientific facts. So uh, actually education. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, uh, that most people don't think about the brain waves that are going on in their head. And uh, I mean, we think of in general terms, alpha, beta, theta, you know, mm -hmm. this sort of thing. But um, but uh, this the scientific thing is the P300 wave. And where I learned this from is I was in research at uh, the Veterans Administration and UCLA. And my lab partner was an avid smoker. I mean, it was constant. And then one day, one of his lungs collapsed. He was in the hospital, very, very painful. Gets out of the hospital. The next week, the other lung collapsed. And it's like he decided that he better get serious about, you know, why is he smoking? And he really enjoyed smoking. And so we researched it. And that's when we found the P300 wave. And I mean, who doesn't want to pay better attention? 
And, you know, so, um, so in this case, that once he understood about the P300 wave, then he did what he needed to do to turn on the P300 wave. And then, you know, that was enough. That was enough for him and for many other people. So my question is, did you ever had a client where did this didn't work or you needed to do something else or a client where you actually used hypnosis to work with on that on that subject just out of personal the answer to the question is no i mean it's it, it, it that i don't know if it's my personality mm-hmm. um or uh or that sort of thing you know of of the freedom to do what you want to do and so uh, in in I don't get that many people coming to me for this kind of problem that living in the state of California as I do and um right here in in the the area that I live were the first ones that said you know uh we we've got to ban smoking in restaurants and then that traveled the world but it all started right here so there's not so many people that smoke here it's just really rare well so the answer is you know nope <laughs> maybe 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 there's going to be more uh more uh, cases when we're going to be doing a podcast about smoking pot since california was the first state to leave yeah well a life. lot of people do that that's 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 a, a different, exactly a different, a different story but more you know, case studies well, you know, and uh, um, I mean, that's a whole other, you know, social issue and and uh, the zoning out issue and things like that. But I do know that Roxy's been really successful working with people with smoking in a very different way. Right. And using hypnosis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My favorite tool or procedure or state or everything in between. Well, so I live in a different part of the country where there is still a lot of cigarette smokers. And even, you know, I'm very grateful that it's banned from the restaurants and all, but there are still people that, you know, right outside the door. So, so smoking is more prevalent here. And thankfully, over time, people have come to understand that it's not so good for their health. And so there are there is more of a group of people who really does want to quit. And so I have had an interest in using hypnosis for um, for stopping. And over the years, I've developed, I must say, uncharacteristically, a very rigid strategy. <laughs> that is not like me at all, but I have found a, a technique that that works, and um, and it hasn't um, it hasn't disappointed me. So as I said, usually I'm always try- wanting to try something different and explore in different directions, but. Um, but with this particular topic, I've narrowed down and narrowed down and become more committed to the technique that I use. 
So what I am doing is I call my technique, stop smoking now. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's what it's called. And I have a whole bundle of little handouts, psychoeducational in nature. And one of the handouts, it talks about the paradox of smoking, because when you smoke, it relaxes you. But over time, it's it, it it makes you more dense. It's a it's a bronchodilator, but over time, it um it stiffens the lungs. So all of those things that it it gives you in the beginning, over time, it kind of shifts gears, and what feels like a benefit at the start later on doesn't feel like, and even. You know, as you had commented, Jan, people frequently start smoking as a way of showing their independence, maybe rebelling against authority or just I have a right to choose. But paradoxically, over time, they lose their freedom because it is an addictive substance. And so over time, they're, they've lost their freedom or they've you know, forfeited it. So the way I work when somebody expresses an interest in giving out cigarettes, I don't lie at the way that I do it. And that I have a flat fee. So even if you come in for the first appointment, it's a three appointment series. And if you come in for the first and don't come to the second or third, you still pay because it's a flat fee paid up front. That's one of the things. Part of the reason why I do that is because it's a way of showing commitment. So I'm trying to stimulate a commitment and investment on their part that, yes, this is something they want to do. So the with the first, so as I said, it's three appointments. In the first appointment, and I tell them this on the phone before they ever show up because I don't want them to be disappointed with the sequence. Um, so the first appointment, no hypnosis. We I'm gathering information. I want to know all the, you know what they get out of it, what they like about it, what their motivation for quitting is. What you know, what their favorite part, what their least favorite part, how much they smoke, at what age they started, where they keep their extras, you know, how many packs do you have on hand stepped away in the bottom drawer and in the glove box and in the kitchen and then, you know. So I'm asking all these questions about the habit. But part of what I'm doing is I'm raising their awareness of all these elements because it is a combination of an addiction and a habit. And as Catherine says, the habit is in many ways even more difficult to break than the addiction. So, so I'm raising all these this interest in the habit. And at what point, you know, how many cigarettes left in the back before they rush to the store? <laughs> do they always go to the same store or do they have a number of stores or do they 
by what brand and who did they smoke with and what's their first in the morning and what's their last at night and you know so I'm asking all this multitude of questions that in addition to raising the the habitual elements I'm actually asking the questions in a way that they're it is if not a conversation they're envisioning themselves going through these steps. You know, at what moment would you panic if you discovered you didn't have hardly any cigarettes? <laughs> you know, and where would you go? And would you consider that, you know, this and that? So, so I'm drawing them into the imagery of being there at the time. So we go through all those questions. Okay, and then I tell them I require several things. One is between now and appointment number two, because appointment number two is the stop smoking now moment. And they are required, if they're going to work with me, they are required to dispose of all of their smoking paraphernalia, you know, the case of the attic or the, you know, in their bottom drawer, in their glove box, the, all of the cigarettes, all of the ashtrays, all of the lighters, they get it out of their house, put it, you know, because when they come out of the hypnosis session, session they are a non-smoker, okay? Right now we're in the prep phase, but at the end of the hypnotic session, they have taken on a new identity as a non-smoker, so we don't want all that stuff lying around, tempting them for them to have to deal with. So I schedule the appointments with enough time in between. They tell me how much time they want. So is it going to take you two weeks to, you know, to find everything and, and you know, handle it? Or do you need a month? Or do, can you do it within a couple of days? What do you need? So that decision-making is entirely the subject's decision. Okay. So, but my expectation is when they come in, I want all of that stuff. I want to walk out of my office a non-smoker. Okay. Now, in addition, and whether they're going to smoke up all the cigarettes or whether they're going to give it to their friend or whether they're going to throw in the trash or bury in the backyard, I don't care. That's their decision. They can handle it however it's going to best suit their needs. But it's going to be out of their line of sight of their property, out of their, they're not going to have that material waiting for them to challenge them. Um, but between now and, and the next appointment, my assumption is there is still going to be a smoking because they're not going to be a non-smoker until we have the big hypnosis section they walk out. I want them to change it up. So if they're going to buy a pack of cigarettes, buy a different brand. 
if they normally smoke, you know, right after breakfast, well, this time they're going to smoke before breakfast. And if they keep their, keep their cigarettes in their breast pocket, they're going to keep it in a different pocket. They keep it in the glove box. They're going to put it, you know, in their purse. But I'm going to ask them to make as many changes in their habits between now and our hypnosis session. And I also, one of my handouts, I have a list of 50 things you can do, okay, to, to change up that act of smoking. Okay. In the discussion about this, which takes about really an hour to 90 minutes, I allowed to go over this complete history. I'm also gathering keywords. I'm gathering what what they like, I'm gathering their motivation, and I'm taking all of that in as ammunition of what I'm going to use in the hypnotic session that I'll create the next time. Okay, so that is session number one, prep. Session number two is our big non-smoking. This is it. We're gonna have our we're gonna have our 60 minutes hypnotic induction, and you are going to be walk out of here a non-smoker. And so then in the hypnotic session, it's I basically start with a relaxation and take them back to them making that initial decision when they were a kid. Uh, however young they were in their youth, they made the decision that they wanted to smoke and they didn't know that it was going to entrap them. And as they matured and got wiser and smarter, they realized that it, it wasn't serving their needs in the way that they anticipated. So I'm giving them all these hypnotic suggestions of maturing in a healthy way. And I also give a lot of negative suggestions and this is that I am not I don't I am not inclined to use negative suggestions in hypnosis. But I have learned that people do better if I give them negative suggestions that when they smell cigarette smoke, someone else is smoking, that, oh, they didn't realize I'm disgusting. <laughs> and they're, you know, to, to smell the odor lingering on their clothes, to realize how unpleasant and not to be comfortable until they can wash their clothing and cleanse that air their living quarters out. So they, so I give and and then complemented by day by day and awakening of your, your um, taste buds and your ability to take a fresh clean breath. So I'm countering these negative suggestions with the positive. Okay, and so the sensory ones is one you know rich area to do that. And another one is with their motivation. And it is not uncommon. In fact, it's very, very frequent 
for people to say that, you know, they get so ashamed when the kids are watching them smoke a cigarette or that they have to step out of a business meeting and they come back in, um, you know, they feel that sense of shame. And so I amplify that feeling of shame that you're just remembering that sense of shame every time the kids, you know, you didn't know they were home or step back into the business meeting and now you recognize that you have that lingering scent on your garments and that, you know, and that shame that, you know, for all those years of smoking is still present, but you can move forward in a positive step and and show your strength at this at this time. So as I say, I do a lot of check and balance of the of the negative and the counterbalance of the positive. I do an awful lot of that. And then, oh, I I forgot it. I have one more. I'll get into that. So anyway, that's the hypnotic exception. And then I de I declare that their cravings will diminish. And, you know, every now and then, and you get a flicker of desire to a cigarette, but it'll get less and less over time. I totally forget it. It won't, you know, it will be some troublesome. They'll feel stronger and proud of their ability to just move along into a healthy tomorrow as a non-smoker. Make a really big deal about that. You, okay. you, you put it in a form of post-hypnotic suggestions or so, you do you okay, tell them that be after the trance? No, post-hypnotic suggestions. Mm -hmm. And then I frequently repeat my post-hypnotic suggestions in the waking state. Okay. The, the one part I forgot to mention is in the crap, I tell them that I am bad and this is true. 100% success for people that agree to their re, uh, that their relapse response plan. We in our preparatory session, we have to agree upon a relapse response plan. So they they've already agreed they're getting rid of all of their paraphernalia, all their cigarettes, whatever. And if they relapse, if they decide, oh, I just can't make it, I have to have a cigarette, I'm gonna have a cigarette, they, they are not allowed to borrow a cigarette. They are not allowed to take a puff off of anyone else. If they're going to relapse, they're, they're gonna do it right. I get them to commit, if they are willing to commit to this, I will give them a hundred percent probability of total success. So can't borrow, can't smoke anybody else's cigarette. If you're going to relapse, you have to go to a store, preferably not the store you usually go to, but some other less convenient store. Buy a bag of cigarettes. Probably a brand that you wouldn't ordinarily buy. <laughs> okay. And then you're going to have to buy a lighter and figure out an ashtray because you threw all those away too. 
So you buy your, your pack of cigarettes, you buy a new lighter, you problem solve with the ashtray, you smoke the cigarette, and then you take the rest of the pack, the other 90 cigarettes, and crumple them up and throw them in the trash. And you say, wow, that was an expensive cigarette. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so that's so if they're going to relapse, and that happens because smoking is an addiction. This is how I explain it. With addictions, sometimes you relapse. Okay, so if you relapse, this is how you're going to do it. I want a commitment that you that you're going to do that. That's Roxy's relapse response plan. Now, if they have a relapse response plan that they think would be more effective for them, I've like had one or two, one of us to stand up and admit to their family, I smoked another cigarette. <laughs> okay. Um, but most of the time, people just prefer to use my Roxy's relapse response plan. Okay. And I get them to commit to that in the first session. Okay, IFN, 100% success. Now, the third session, okay, so the first session was the prep. The second session was the hypnosis. The third session is just a checkup. How are you doing? Do you want more hypnosis? Are you feeling good? You know, just kind of report in. Tell me what you want. And usually people come back, they just want to refresh or bolster up my spirit and they're okay from that. So that's my three phase, stop smoking now um, routine. Fabulous. So in the end of the in the end of the second session, you actually, if I understand that correctly, you alter the ending part or the re result of the pattern that leads them to smoke because uh, you you put different consequences on it since they need to buy everything uh, from the beginning. No, that that agreement is made in session one. Mm -hmm. Okay, the agreement is made in the session when I remind them in session two, you know, it's we've had jury hypnosis session. You are now a non-smoker. Mm -hmm. Addictions are tricky, and you may, you know, you may get a few cravings. If they're very difficult and you're tempted to relapse, remember we have this agreement on the relapse response plan. Okay. So. And so I'm just reminding you. So it was it was actually done at the first session. It was done at the first session. I, for, I forgot to okay. elaborate at that time. But even 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 so. It actually alters the whole pattern and actually came to my mind that it alters it in a few ways, because first of all, on the behavioral level, the result of actually smoking is different from from normal. Normally, they they were just, you know, taking a cigarette out of the pack and felt what they felt. And that's it. 
but here they have to they, they, they smoke it but there is a consequence they have to yes. throw all the others and that becomes an ordeal or something you know right it turns it into an ordeal and then they self-shame that was an expensive cigarette exactly so that yes. actually highlights the the consequences are bigger mm -hmm. but also what came to my mind just now is that Every time they actually buy a new pack of cigarettes, new 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 lighter, and everything else, it's like as if they are beginning to smoke, which means that they are actually indirectly they are actually en en enhancing the identity of a non-smoker that is just in the beginning of smoking and. Yeah, it takes them back. And when I do the hypnotic induction, I take them back to the beginning where they yeah. felt that they were independent and making a statement. And they probably didn't even like the taste of it, but they thought it made them look like a big shot. Or, you know, so I go over that and then I get into the as they mature they realize how childish they were at that time. So it brings them, so if they're buying a new bag of cigarette, it's great bringing them back to the awareness that this is a childish stupidity. You know, and I'm, I'm reckless about using words like, you know, it was a stupid choice, you know. You thought you were making a good choice that you learned later that it was really kind of stupid, you know? So so I use charged words that, that they're not expecting to do here. You know? And in particularly with, you know, with people who have been working with me in other contexts, you know, I, I tend to be positive, like Catherine, I tend to be positive and enthusiastic and upbeat and strength-oriented and, and cheerful and stuff. So, so if, once I start shaming them, you know, it gets their attention. You know, it's that you bring shock and surprise into it. But also in the end, you're um, bringing them to the point where they're making the choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, all along, but so when you say things like, wow, you know, that, that, you know, is a stupid childish, you know, thing. And, um, and especially with the relapse response is that you're bringing them into a, a situation where they're making the choice. It's not a habit. Mm -hmm. it's it's the opposite of that of you know truly making the choice about whether they're going to smoke again and um that i think that this this uh, element of, of bringing be, making conscious choice this is this is what what cures all addictions is that when you can bring it to the realm of choice versus um I don't know. I I I looked and there it was in my hand. I don't know how it got there, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, so uh, making the um, unconscious conscious. Right, right, and that is 
you know, the main thing with overcoming a habit. You bring the unconscious conscious in so you've got that awareness to work with every step of the way. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that this would would um, generalize to other places in their lives that um, that that they think that it's just you know to become a non-smoker but I think that this kind of a process would generalize into um, many aspects of the rest of their life and when you say things like um, your tone of voice is, is positive even when you're saying you know you know shaming Mm -hmm. it's not like the way that a person is going to shame themselves they're going to use a different tone or if someone is trying to shame you out in the rest of the world they use a different tone and um this is one of the aspects of of um doing therapy and particularly doing hypnosis is that the the tone um, the the rate of speech and the tone tonal qualities are are very very helpful to evoke change <laughs> and you can say just about anything when it's said with the right tone so it can be biting words it can be strong words but in saying it with a kind of a gentleness that it's received in an entirely different way. And I think this is part of the beauty of psychological shocks and surprises. Yeah, plus you can also connect particular words and states with with particular uh, cadence or way of Mm -hmm. actually speaking Mm -hmm. by ways of... Uh, simple conditioning and then you know while we're talking in this in a in a particular way we are also launching with it associations and different mm-hmm. states and things like that i i noticed that to be of particular value in trance you know when when you when i'm working with someone in a trance for particular uh, in you know through a period of time and they are becoming more experienced uh the only thing that that you know can actually launch very deep trance state is anything alteration in my voice tone or something like that into that in the, in the direction of the way i usually do well i'm working with someone in a trance many times when i'm working with someone in hypnosis i look at the floor since when you talk to the floor the voice kind of bounces off the floor and it's a sound engineering and it goes around the whole uh, space in such a way that it's more difficult to spot where where it comes from and you get this um, impression that it kind of surrounds you uh, you know all around that it's all around you so i do that many times and then i've noticed that sometimes when i'm thinking or telling people anecdotes i also do it and then i kind of i put my head up and the same people are in a trance and i didn't do any induction but it was so that you know uh they they were used 
to me doing that while they were in a deep trance so much and so many times that it conditioned and uh, in such in in this way small uh, hints small cues are able to launch huge emotions or huge states and that could be also useful i mean you know just a reflection so one of the things that i want to emphasize is even though i do shaming and negative suggestions I do balance it out and definitely end on a positive note that over time, you know, day by day, you're going to notice that you're stronger and one more successful day and feel so good about that. And then, just the way that you said that, Roxy, <laughs> that um, that it feels so good. You changed your your rate of speech, and right. you changed your tone, and um, and that that yes, it's very important, as you say, to have the balance, mm -hmm. and um, that because of course not all of life is positive, so sometimes you know you have to go to those negative places because they're honest. Right. And the most important thing anybody could ever do for themselves, and I tell people, be honest with yourself. Do not lie to yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, that with um, uh, that you made mention of the word disgusting, mm -hmm. and that you might use that from time to time. I have a colleague who's a specialist in addictions, and what she does. Um, that and most people with other addictions, they also smoke, and she has them repeat, I'm a smoker <laughs> in different ways. I'm a smoker. I'm a smoker. I'm a smoker. You know, I mean, all of these sorts of things. And what she finds after people are are go through that, then they often say at the end of it, that's disgusting. You know, they, I, I, and, and when she gets to the point where people themselves call it disgusting, they're, they're ready to give it up mm -hmm. almost instantly and effortlessly. So, you know, at, and, and what we're, and we're, I want to hear Jan, you know, what you did. Um, uh, and what your your thinking was, but I think that you know for um, uh, the people that are listening, what you're getting each time is that there isn't any one answer, there isn't any one way to do these things. That you bring your best intelligence with you, and um, and that you approach it really with like heart and soul, and uh, and do what you think is right at the time. And so all three of us are really different. So Jan, are you gonna gonna spill the beans about what you did? Well, I did nothing yet, but I can tell you what <laughs> I'm planning to. Okay. I was just I was just sitting and, and asking questions. So it's like I'm somewhere in the middle of the first session that Dr. Roxana mentioned. So that's my that's 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 somewhere I am now. Um well. 
uh, when you said about the different tones of voices, by the way, I have, I have to do it. When you said about saying to yourself, am I, am I a smoker? Uh, in a different tones of voices, immediately what came to my mind was they actually they, they I think they they probably include it or if they don't they may uh, you know they don't even have to quote me for it I would include Lord Vader into the play you know think about that it's like I am a smoker <laughs> so absolutely it's like... <laughs> but and then and, and there's nothing wrong with having fun with something Mm -hmm. that that you know that that sometimes that these things there it is serious addiction is a really serious thing yeah. and uh and i appreciate that but sometimes the levity of laughter that just changes the trajectory because ultimately everybody what they really want to do they want to have fun and uh, the problem with addictions, they're not fun. Yeah. And and so I like the, the, the you know, Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did too. And I will say that when I'm doing my uh, inquisition in the beginning. <laughs> and yours really is an inquisition. My God, I don't know if I could ask people those questions for 90 minutes. Well, you go, girl. It's interesting and it's fun, and I can get them laughing. Well, do you, do you keep you know your extra bag in the underwear drawer, or where do you keep that? You know, somebody else can find it. Do you ever hide it in the back of the pantry? <laughs> you know, and all of these crazy answers you know, that come out with, with things that I never would have thought of, you know, well, they've got the emergency bag up in the, the carton, the emergency carton is up in the attic, you know, behind the boxes. <laughs> and I'm like, you're going to have to get that one too. <laughs> but we end up with laughs, you know, laughs about the, as they, open up and share the depths that they really recognizing the depths of preparation that they have gone to to maintain the habit you know in in my you know surprise and my laughing and my smiling and, and talking about this wow you're really serious <laughs> You know, and what do you do when you're gonna, you know, when you're starting to get close to well, we get people here that drive a hundred miles to buy it up on the reservation where they don't have the cigarette tax. And then it's like, yeah. <laughs> so it only only costs you twenty dollars to drive. Yeah, I okay. <laughs> yeah. So so we can laugh, but you know, that is something that can is fairly easy to be made into humor, you know, and to start laughing with the the client about it. And one of the things that you know you were talking about locus of voice, Jan, mm -hmm. and one of the things that can be done very, very early in the inquisition is to start, you know, leaning this way. Oh, this is a really tough habit. 
you know, are you sure you're ready to overcome it? Where you're moving, you know, your your locus of voice and using that to create an association that empowers the subject. And it's subtle, but you can start it very early and then keep through all the way through the second and third sessions. Well, and when people smoke, they often go to the side. Like, you know, I mean, that that they'll smoke like this. Right. So, and uh, so I've got a new part of uh, the relapse plan that, that you could add if people have a good sense of humor. They have to drive to the reservation (laughs) to get the one pack of cigarettes then they have to drive home anyway (laughs) that's like that's a half day affair right right. (laughs) if if you if you turn that if you converted that into walking that would be a journey of a lifetime (laughs) (laughs) yeah you i guess you start on um Thursday morning and you get home, you know, on Sunday evening. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it's been really interesting subject. And once again, you know, we, we really do go deep and try to share, you know, like what, what it is that we do and actually why it is. And so, this ability for the three of us independently to think these things through and we we enter the room with the most important thing which is we enter the room with who we are you know we're we're we can only be ourselves and so within this process and when you're looking at a client and you're you're you like them you know, you're there. There's a, an affection that you have. You like this person. You like this individual, and you want them to have a satisfying life. Yeah. And when we enter the room with someone, that is palpable. In and the other one is uh, the belief that um, that I believe that everybody wants to live a good life. They want to live a satisfying life. They want to live a happy life and they want to live a healthy life. And that it, so when this is my way of saying that when somebody comes in with a problem, I, that's what I see. I don't see the problem. I see the person for, you know, who who they are and that they're temporarily going through some kind of, you know, questioning or, you know, some kind of trauma or, you know, just this is people in general, but that, that when, when we look at them and when we're with them and seeing them as, um, as a person, as, as, you know, someone who has beautiful qualities that they have forgotten beautiful intelligence on the inside of them, but they put the blinders on. And uh, so being able to have like the expansive view to be able to move this way and that, then, um, and just being a whole person. And so with addictions, that really interferes with people believing in themselves. 
and um, and trusting that they really do know what they want. It's a question of figuring out how to do what they want to do, is nobody wants to do unconscious acts. Nobody wants to do that. And so I like, Roxy, that particularly, I, 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 you know, the Inquisition, you know, I'm thinking of, it's like, yeah, it's when you nail the hands, you know, down and, you know, it's like, you, you will tell, you will confess um, that, uh, that in, in this instance of, of getting people to, to become self-aware in regards to smoking and so I just, I really applaud um, your method that the, the uh, stop smoking now <laughs> method. And, uh, and I'm sure that, that, um, that, I mean, I'll ask you, what's your success rate? Well, as I said, if they commit to the um, relapse response plan, it has been 100% without fail. Um, the, and I won't work with them unless after the first session, they don't agree to relapse. If they can't come up with either mine or their own, I just tell them, what, you know, why bother? You know, why bother? We can, get, we can go through the steps that, you, you know, there is, if you're serious about giving up something, you're going to have to give this some deep thought. Um, the, so it's interesting. I went through a, a interval of learning different methods to, you know, to top smoke, to stop smoking. And for with, I have approximately a hundred women who were in an addiction center, they were there for drug addiction or alcoholism. They weren't there for smoking. And in fact, it wasn't even advised that they could stop smoking. But I offered stop smoking now single sessions with them. So we didn't go through all the preparation. It was just a group. And then I did some follow-up. And for them who hadn't even committed to giving up smoking, they I still got a 30%. Wow. That's right. Which that's, I, thought, I thought it was phenomenal. And that is phenomenal that that's, you know, um uh way more successful than um than what typically happens. Yeah, the mm -hmm. normal so, treatments. Yes, and so this this um uh, relapse preparation is, you know, having the plan and the preparation that that I I see that um, as the um, probably the most vital of all the steps. It's yes, it is. It's making the commitment. It's raising the awareness. Yeah. Going through all those, as I yeah. said, I'll give them a little handful of you know handouts to keep the information fresh. And, you know, keep them looking self-reflecting at themselves. Well done. So. Okay. So uh, in the end, let me just uh, summarize, um, uh, because I, I didn't do anything yet, but since you asked, I'm feeling compelled to just share what, what I was, what I'm thinking about uh, just briefly, because it's just, uh, you know, 
an outline of some sort. So I'm thinking about this whole smoking problem in terms of a pattern of behavior, which has a beginning, some kind of, uh, you know, uh, scenario, let's so to speak, and at the end. And then there is a need behind it and identity also. And those are the, those are the possible. So I'm now thinking about some strategic ways to address all these things. So we can modify, for example, the, the end of the sequence by attaching an ordeal, as you, as you said, Dr. Roxana, um, uh, in your relapse pre prevention plan. Uh, for example, that modifies the uh, the end of the sequence. I was also thinking about modifying the sequence. You know, modifying in a so in some way the way people are actually uh, smoking or doing something with the cigarette and stuff. And then modifying the beginning. What's the you know when do they actually start smoking? What's the point where they decide? How do they decide? that that's a good moment to actually have a cigarette and so to modify that one to address the needs in a certain way you know the, so the cigarette actually satisfies some needs so we can actually we can work on alternative ways to satisfy the needs also and then there is an identification which you also address you say um um teaching them or we are working on them there's a whole process in between sessions and in the sessions in the session of working with them to be uh, to to become non-smokers which is an alteration of identity and uh, so i'm thinking about all i was thinking about all these i have to say that um that uh, your idea clarifies a lot to me gives me some frame to work with that's one thing uh the other important aspect is the idea highlighted by dr katrin rossi because um in case of my client i believe that i i have an idea that the uh, that the way of working where i just gonna say well you you're gonna have to quit smoking from now on I don't know if it's going to work. And when I say I don't know, that means that I don't know since there are some personality traits that react to that kind of, you know, um, direct comments in an opposite way. So I was thinking of utilizing the P300 idea and, you know, kind of in this way also uh, alter the way people view, the, the, that they will view the whole smoking process and all, which means the underlying uh, meaning behind it and also alter the sequence of the pattern by that so that's how how i'm thinking i'm going to utilize some of the things that you said and i think that's also my summary of the whole episode when where i bring all that together in my own framework of how I gonna you know you utilize it'll be interesting to see if if people want to make comments of like addition uh, you know additions of things that they that they had thought of that we're always interested in that exactly so generally to all of you who are listening to us if you have any questions or comments just put them in 
the comment section wh wherever you are listening to us or watching us if it's youtube just put it uh, uh into the comment section on youtube if it's spotify there's certainly i believe there are questions there that you can ask or something like that so don't hesitate just do it and we're gonna answer everything right absolutely okay so till next time thank you very much thank you jan thank you roxy this was another episode of our experiencing consciousness podcast thank you for being with us Thank you, Jan. You're the best. Be well, be happy, celebrate life.